Thank you for tuning in to Ringwood Benefits Sunday Live Series Talk. We hope you enjoy this week's talk. Hello, I'm Matthew Trick. I'm the vicar of Ringwood Benefits. I just want to add my welcome to that of Ian's and say whether you're joining us for the first time or you're a regular uh, worshipper with us, you're warmly welcome this morning. As we prepare to get stuck into God's word together, let's pray. Father God, we pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive all that you would wish to speak into us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get back to basics. Jesus is not dead. The cross didn't break him. Jesus is alive today. In fact, Jesus on the cross not only defeated sin, but the power of death itself. Jesus is not dead. He is risen. He's alive. Today I want to talk about what it means for Jesus to be the resurrection and the life. In John 11, our passage for today, we see Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead and along the way speak into the faith or disbelief of those watching. John 11 is a further demonstration of Jesus' power over all things, including death. It's a message that in Jesus all things are possible and so we can have a solid foundation for hope and it's an invitation to us to rise up and love generously as a reflection of the love Jesus shows to Lazarus, Martha and Mary. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Our first point is that in every situation Jesus will reveal his glory. In every situation Jesus will reveal his glory. Let's start in verse 4 where Jesus has just heard that Lazarus was sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. I've said before that when we're unpacking what the Bible is saying to us, it's also important to know what it's not saying to us. When Jesus tells his disciples, who are concerned at the news of Lazarus's death, sickness, no, it is for God's glory, we are not hearing that God has sent sickness upon Lazarus to set the stage for the miracle. God does not cause sickness and disease. To impose sickness on Lazarus would be to undermine the act of love that sees Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. This is an important point because just like the grief in John 11 of Mary and Martha and Jesus himself, we are in a time of national and individual grief right now. We have lost loved ones to coronavirus. We have lost jobs to the virus. We have lost freedoms to the virus. But God does not inflict coronavirus on the world, just as he did not inflict sickness on Lazarus. Here is the thing though, John 11 and coronavirus do teach us that in the midst of seasons of trauma, Jesus is able to act and there are no limits to his power. Jesus will work in traumatic situations to, as verse 4 tells us, glorify himself. Glory is the unveiling of the majesty, power, wisdom and eternity of God. Let me just say that again. Glory is the unveiling of the majesty, power, wisdom and eternity of God. 
So in John 11, Jesus unveils his glory by showing his majesty, power and eternity in raising Lazarus, who was dead and buried, back to life. But he also unveils his wisdom in what he reveals to Martha about resurrection. We'll come back to that shortly. But this is why, as Christians, our task when we encounter trauma is to pray the prayer of Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit, because what we're doing in praying those words is inviting the majesty, power, wisdom and eternity of God to intervene in whatever that trauma might be. We know, don't we, our personal feelings of paralysis, of being tongue-tied, and feeling helpless when we face trauma. And the closer to home that trauma is, the more acute our feelings of being lost for words, paralysed and helpless are. It is for this very reason that we have John 11, whose message is clear. In the midst of trauma, God will glorify himself in Jesus. And to put that in non-theological speak, in the midst of trauma, Jesus will unveil his power, his wisdom, his majesty and eternity. And if you're a Christian, we can partner with God when we encounter trauma by praying, come Holy Spirit. God's glory is the antidote to our helplessness. The prayer, come Holy Spirit, is the antidote to our being tongue-tied and paralysed. Of course, seasons of trauma, including our present struggle with coronavirus, give rise to uncertainty. And we begin to ask questions about how, when and what life will be like. We encounter that in a slightly different way in John 11, where Jesus' disciples in verse 8 remind Jesus that he would be going back to a place where the disciples, sorry, where the Jews had tried to stone Jesus only recently. But note that even this magnitude of previous events will not stop Jesus returning to Bethany and helping Lazarus. And within the trauma of death and grief, unveiling his majesty, wisdom, power and eternity, his glory. If you are a follower of Jesus, our task in the midst of trauma is to respond to uncertainty with the confidence that God is certain to reveal his glory. Second point, responding to the resurrection requires faith. Responding to the resurrection requires faith. In John 11, we see the faith of Martha shining through. Check out verse 27. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. That's a declaration of faith in who Jesus is. We see similar declarations elsewhere in the Gospels. Check out Matthew 16, 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Today's talk is part of our series unpacking the I am sayings of Jesus. What seems to me to happen when Jesus says to the Samaritan woman at the well, I am he, or to the disciples after the feeding of the 5,000, I am the bread of life, is that there is within that encounter with Jesus a response of faith. 
I think there are two ways in which faith is working here. Firstly, faith is the confidence of Christians that in Jesus, that Jesus will reveal his glory. Faith is the confidence of Christians that Jesus will reveal his glory. And secondly, when we help people to encounter Jesus, faith can be birthed in them. So just as we define glory, and I hope through my repetition that sunk in, we need to define faith too. Let's turn to Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is, co is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith gives us a distinctive from what the world has to offer. In our human experience, we respond to situations, we, we, we react to situations based either on what we can see happening or we react to the emotions of uncertainty. Let me say that again. We react to situations based either on what we can see happening or we react to the emotions of uncertainty, anxiety and fear about the unknown. Faith changes that and gives us the confident expectation that in any situation, Jesus can and will reveal his glory. Faith is an agent of hope. Our task as Christians is to offer hope in the midst of trauma, or as the Gospels put it, light in darkness. Responding to the resurrection requires faith. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit and unveil, and unveil to a hurting world your majesty, your power, your wisdom and your eternity and give to us the gift of faith to speak your hope into the lives of others and our nation. Amen. We're really glad you joined us for this week's Sunday Live Talk. We hope it brought you encouragement and inspiration and helped you to discover life in Jesus and make a difference in your community. We'd love you to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube. Look out for our channels at Ringwood Benefits. Until next week, thank you for tuning in.